Welcome to How To Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter. St. Jerome once said, Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. If we want to be followers of Jesus, we can't ignore this vital part of our faith. On the podcast today, we discuss four keys to helping you read Scripture like a Catholic. You'll learn why Scripture is so unique, how to understand it better, and how to get more out of it. Also on today's episode, we have a hack from one of our listeners on how to help you keep your commitments, and we'll highlight a very cool development within our own ministry. So stay right here. Dear podcast listener, we love you a lot. And this podcast that we're recording right now is proof of it because this is kind of ridiculous, but I am sitting in my home office and Kevin is in the basement. Kevin, say hi. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, and we're recording together via Skype (laughs) at our house because we are having massive massive technical, massive I think massacre is the best word for it. <laughs> it describes accurately. Last night we tried to record and we spent two hours trying to record and it was just a complete failure. Um, and how our, many episodes have we done? This is total between the two seasons. This is the 38th episode. And we've done the same setup every single episode. Yeah. And yet last night it said, no, we will not work for you doing the exact same thing you've always done in your entire lives. Yeah. And so we did what any logical closet millennial would do. We placed an order on Amazon now <laughs> for new microphones. And so we, this was last night. So they delivered them this morning, which if you don't know what Amazon now is, um, we live in Denver. So we can actually let Amazon know we want something and they'll bring it in two hours. It's insane. Anyways, it's so, silly talk. It is this crazy. Is first time we've ever used it, but we were like, we need them now. And so Amazon now, anyways. Um, so a guy showed up this morning with a bag with our microphones and they stink. They're like three times more expensive than our current microphones that I think have just died. I think they're just like, we can't do this anymore. And they stink and we can't get it to work. And we're actually, yeah. So that's why we're Skyping because it's the only way we could figure out how to record both of us. So we love you is the bottom line. And I've been relegated to the basement, (laughs) but we're going to make it through this. All of us together, we can do it. Yeah. And I just think it's hilarious that I'm Skyping with you and you're in the basement. And I can kind of hear you from the basement because I'm right above you. Yep. Anyways, ridiculousness abounds. Um, but we just, you know, we're here for you. Hachi Catholic Podcast listeners. So we are recording no matter what. We're here. And today's topic is a great topic. And I don't know, maybe there's some spiritual warfare going on here because we are doing how to scripture talking about, as Catholics, how do we read scripture? And I know as Catholics, we always kind of get poked at a little bit by Protestants, like, you Catholics, you don't know your Bible. Um, I want you to know that I'm married to a man who knows his Bible, um, and he knows how to read his Bible. So this is a fantastic topic I'm very excited about. I'm going to be kind of hosting a little bit here, and Kevin's going to be walking us through 
some keys for reading scripture like a Catholic, because we are how-to Catholic. That's right. Awesome. And I think uh, as we start most shows, it's just good to have a vision. Like why, why this topic, right? Like you're listening to a podcast, maybe you're in your car, maybe you're at your house and you're like, should I, should I listen to this thing? Like, do I really need to know anything about scripture? And I think uh, as Catholics, we always want to have an amazing encounter with Jesus Christ. Like Jesus is the center, hopefully of our lives. Uh, and that relationship is just so essential. In St. Jerome, he says that ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Which if you think about it, if you're ignorant of Scripture, if you don't know anything about the Word of God, you actually don't know about Jesus. He is the revealed Word. Uh, and He is the one who really presents Himself through all of Scripture. And so uh, as Catholics, we're going to listen to Scripture every single time we go to Mass. Uh, it's something that uh, really we need to know more about Jesus. allows us to do, as Lisa mentioned, we can have conversations with Protestants, and they often use Scripture as well. So Scripture is just really at the heart of who we are as Catholics who are pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I think this episode is really key for that because it is so important. But then at the at the same time, a lot of Catholics go, I don't actually know how to read scripture. Like I might know, uh, you know, I read a passage, I apply it to my life, but what makes me as a Catholic read, read scripture different than a Protestant or anyone else who might pick up scripture as well? And so today we want to look at four keys for reading scripture like a Catholic, not just reading scripture, not just understanding it, but as a Catholic, uniquely in our faith as Catholics, how do we, how do we read the word of God? Perfect. And this, for me, is very timely because I just started my master's at the Augustine Institute. Very excited about it. And my first class is Salvation History, which is really walking through the Bible from start to finish, looking at how does God take us on this journey from Adam to to Revelation um, and save his people. And so for me, I know um, just even talking through this, I'm already starting to see, opening my eyes a little bit more to the ways in which... Um, we need to have like our Catholic lens on when we're reading scripture is so helpful. And um, yeah, I, it's just been a lot of fun being more intentional about scripture. I read scripture, right? Like, but I, not, not as intensely as I get to right now during this season. So I just would say from a person who, yeah, I read my scripture, but like who's actually getting to really dive into it. These are great steps for even me as I'm getting started on this degree here. So let's do key number one. Are you ready? Key number one. Key number one is that God wrote the Bible. The other day I saw a tweet come through and it was somebody who was at a bookstore and it was a picture of a Bible and in the corner it said autographed copy. And they're like, I really want this Bible. This is going to be awesome. It was kind of funny, but it just reminds <laughs> us that the author, the I author. That. I got that from of, up here, upstairs. I got that. <laughs> that's good. It's kind of fun. I get to, yeah, we get to look at each other probably even more than we do in a normal podcast. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm going to take a usually, screenshot of this. We usually sit side by side, and so we don't always look at each other's faces, but on Skype, I'm looking directly at you. So maybe we'll just do all of our podcasts like this. So God, the key, first key, God wrote the Bible. God's actually the author of Scripture, and you're sitting at home or in your car or wherever, and you're saying, duh, of course, it's the Bible, Kevin. But it's good to just step back and think, why does this make it different than other books? So like Shakespeare, if you think about Shakespeare, Shakespeare wrote and his words are influential, they're inspiring, they're, they're amazing many times, but Shakespeare is dead and the letters that he wrote are also dead. 
But with scripture, because it's written by God, the Bible is actually alive. So Hebrews 4.12, we're going to use some scripture to talk about scripture. It says, for the word of God is living and active, right? It's not dead. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints, and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Right, So when we read something else like Shakespeare, it's it's good, but it's not actually living and active. It's not actually trying to get into our minds and into our hearts like Scripture does. Scripture, in some ways, it's like a a germ. I know that's kind of weird, but it's actually trying to infect us or maybe a probiotic if you want a more positive, (laughs) uh, hippie, organic example. It's uh, trying to get into our lives and trying to change us. So I think that's – you just got to keep that in mind when we're reading Scripture. You're picking up just a – essentially a different thing when you have the Bible in your hands. You just called scripture a germ. Yeah. Well, you know, analogies, they fall short. They limp at a certain point in time, but they're helpful at a certain point in time. So this one was just gross. Yeah, but that's okay. You got it. It's trying to infect you. The Bible (laughs) is actually, God's actually trying. Those words are, are living. They're alive when you read those words and they're trying to get into your life as well in a way that no other uh, piece of literature does. Fantastic. Well, I think that about covers that. (laughs) Scripture's a germ, friends. So go get it. Well, and I think, you know, for all of us at some point in time, we we know this. Like we know when we've read Scripture and God's Word, and we know and we recognize that He is the author. It's, it's, it it could be a, a parable by Jesus. It could be a story of Jesus walking on the water. It could be somebody from the Old Testament, and we read it, and it it speaks to our lives in a way that nothing else does. And we we walk away going, "Oh my gosh, God is using that passage to really." influence me right now. So it's more of a, a reminder. I think we've all had that encounter, that experience with the word of God. But um, yeah, we when we when we sit down, we actually want to expect that and, we, and want to recognize that uh, just knowing who the author is. Yes. Now, I think in my cholericness, I have a harder time experiencing that. But I definitely have heard stories before of people saying, you know, I read that passage and it was like, God was speaking to me. You know, it was like, it was my name was in there, not you. It was whoever, you know, um, was inserted in there. I think even Augustine had, you know, his moment in his conversion where his scriptures kind of spoke to him. Um, and, and I think that that shouldn't be something that we should think is weird or creepy, um, but something that's like, that's real. Like God does speak to us through scripture. So you've had that experience before of like, yeah, I felt like God spoke to me. Like God probably did speak to you. Like that wasn't just a feeling like he was using his living word to speak to your heart. And that's, that's pretty amazing that we have this book. And, and I think so often like number one complaint by people is like, Oh, I wish I could just talk to God. Like I have this question in life or I'm going through this thing. I'm going through the struggle. If I could just talk to God about it, but he just feels so distant. Like I, I just can't have this conversation with him. Like I try to pray or maybe I sit down, but the Bible is God's conversation with you. It is his words. We can actually hear what he thinks and says. And again, because it's living and active, how it applies to our life as well. So um, we just need to trust and know when we step step into scripture that that reality is true and to have faith in it uh, and to walk with faith as we read the Bible. Perfect. I think this is a great segue here for our, our key number two. So key number one is God wrote the Bible. Key number two is dot, 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 and so did humans. Right. So this is the amazing dynamic mystery of scripture is that God writes the Bible, but he does it through human beings. 
And um, I'm looking all up through the catechism as we're discussing this. If you want to look back, it's about catechism 101 to uh, paragraph 101 to about 120, 125, somewhere in there. But in 106, it says uh, to compose the sacred books, God chose certain men who all the while he employed them in this task, made full use of their own faculties and powers so that though he acted in them and by them, it was as true authors as they co-signed to writing whatever he wanted written and no more. So that was like real in-depth catechism language. But basically, God and humans write this book together, and the humans use all of their faculties, all of their culture, all of uh, the certain genre they'd want to write in, their style, uh, the language that they'd use in their day. And at the same time, God writes exactly what he wants and no more. So it's this perfect combination of two authors writing one thing, which is uh, a pretty amazing, amazing thing. Yeah, and I think that... um... (laughs) I think when you think about the fact that, you know, like there's God, the author, but then the human author who he's working through for it, I think it's so helpful too when you're thinking about, when you're reading through the scriptures, recognizing like these were real people, like they weren't um, like puppets necessarily, but like they brought, when you're reading, you can see like different writing styles and you can see Mm -hmm. the way people kind of bring their flavor or they bring their education or they bring their family history into what it is that they're writing. And I know for me, it's really helpful when I'm reading scripture to recognize like scripture is written for us, but it wasn't written to us. So like mm-hmm. the Corinthian, like the Corinthians and Corinth, like those are real people. And Paul's a real person who's writing to these Corinthians. Yeah. Yeah. Paul's a real guy who's a Jew who's in Turkey about an Ephesus writing to some people in Greece. Right. And uh, we started our Bible study up again. Uh, we doing a Bible study in our house for, I don't know, eight months, um, but started back up with the fall. And uh, I said, you know, First Corinthians, it's a bit like reading someone else's mail. And the reason why that's the case is because it's someone else's mail, right? Paul was writing a letter with all the context that he knew with all those relationships and that day and age and that culture and references. And even like, you got to think like he had certain inside jokes with them, like all these different things he's putting into that letter. Um, and that's a part of God speaking to us today. And so if we want to understand that even better, we have to understand what is the history behind scripture? What is the genre that they're writing in? What is the culture that's going on? How to understand life in Greece so that I understand what God's trying to communicate to us as well. And this is, I love history. So this is a really fun part for me. I know other people, uh, they might go, uh, that's, that might be kind of difficult, but either way, whether you love it or maybe you're not as interested in it, really recommend the Ignatius uh, study Bible done by Curtis Mitch and Scott Hahn. And that's just a great way to just pick up a lot of history, a lot of culture, a lot of interpretation as you're reading through scripture. And when you do, all of a sudden scripture becomes even more alive because you understand the nuances that made that point in that time, in that season, in that culture, really impactful. And um, yeah, it's just so huge that we understand that historical part. Yeah, and for if maybe people don't understand exactly how a study Bible works, they'll have the scriptures kind of at the top of the page, and then there'll be little footnotes. And so they'll explain like this idiom or this phrase is referring back to, you know, this other piece in scripture or whatever. So when you're reading, you're not just reading just the text, but there's also some context that's being added on for you. So you can kind of follow along more easily. Um, The other thing too, that I would recommend um, 
if you're getting into reading scripture that I have um, found helpful because we're basically reading the whole Bible this semester. And so like my assignment so far has just been like read Genesis 1 through 50, which is all of Genesis. So on top of, we have three other textbooks that we're using, but um, our professor um, said, just get an audio version. So that's what I'm listening to right now. I'm listening to the Bible kind of audio dramatized, which has been really helpful because it gives, they give, you know, inflection and they give emotion to the words. You can kind of follow the thread a little more easily instead of getting lost and just, wow, I'm reading 50 chapters of the Bible right now. So that's, I think, another great way to, to um, read the Bible is to listen to it. And I'll put the show in the show notes. I, I can't remember what the name of the audio Bible is. So, Yeah, and I was going to mention on the Ignatius Study Bible, it's just the new testament right now and they're working on all the books for the old testament but because it's just new new testament it's about i think about twenty dollars on amazon for the hardcover really uh, affordable and it makes all the difference when you're reading scripture so if you have a a desire you're like ah you're right i should read more scripture i want to get into this grab ignatius study bible it's going to change the way you listen to scripture oregon lisa gave that great example of audible if that is a great way for you to take in the word of god just by listening to it that's fantastic too, but find, yeah, find that way. It's really huge. Great. And we'll have both those in the show notes. So, and the audible one that I'm suggesting is not the Catholic one. So you're not going to get the great story of Maccabees and, and a couple other pieces that, that are not in their canon. Heads up. All right. I think we got to do our hack and highlight here. So, yes, our hack today is coming from a listener. I'm very excited. Um, I don't know if we've done a listener hack. We've been gathering a couple of them. Um, and I've just been able to incorporate them into the show here. So this comes from Angela from New Jersey. And Angela says, peace and blessings to you. I wanted to share a Catholic hack for your podcast, which is making your own purity commitment card. Signed purity commitment cards are awesome, but there's something really cool about personally writing one one's own and signing it. A flashcard or the like would be perfect. And one can even cut it smaller to a wallet size shape if they want. Now, I love this hack. Um, she kind of titles it writing your own commitment card. So here she's suggesting doing one, you know, if you want to do like a purity card or a, a chastity card of some sort. But I love this because really you could use this for anything. Anytime you're getting ready to make a life change, you're getting ready to make a new kind of a commitment. I love this idea of writing it down and signing it and putting it with you as a reminder. So it, maybe for you it is, yes, it's going to be a chastity type thing. Or maybe for you it's, I'm going to stop living with this limited belief about myself, or I'm going to stop holding this grudge, or I'm going to, um, you know, forgive this person. But there's something about signing it that seems really like official, you know, it's almost like a, like a legal document, like, no, this is, I'm signing it, I'm dating it. And it's really cool to be able to look back on those kinds of commitments as well and say, wow, it's been a year since I signed this. And think about how your life used to be then compared to how it is now. So that is our... Catholic hack for you. If you are looking to change something in your life, I would suggest um, writing out, writing out that own commitment card and signing it. Good. Yeah. And I just want to add really quickly, I think it's so important just to write down our thoughts and feelings. If we feel inspired, if you feel encouraged to do something different with our lives, as humans, we're so forgetful. And it's so easy a month later to say, wait, what was that? And why did I feel that way? I don't think I feel and, – and you just forget your, your train of logic and even maybe what God spoke to you about. And just writing that down is so huge, and a commitment card is just a great way to summarize that as well. So, yeah, I just think that I can't uh, recommend that enough. When you're, you're making a commitment to anything in life, 
write something down, make it official. And I think uh, you'll see a lot more improvement there. Fantastic. So thank you, Angela from New Jersey for sending that in. And if you've got a Catholic hack for us, you can always reach us at hello at made to magnify.com. That's where we get our podcast email. And it's always great to hear from you. So our highlight for today is actually, um, we're going to highlight a little something about the book that Kevin and I wrote together. It came out uh, in December. So we're coming around a year since the book came out. Um, wow. Yeah, so our book, Dating Detox, and uh, the fun news is, well, a couple fun, I don't know, I think they're fun to share. If you happen to be a Life Teen Parish, um, your little swag box that you're getting this month, Dating Detox, is going to be in there, and I'm so, so thrilled about this. And the reason we were able to pull this off at this time, and what we want to share with you, we want to highlight, is that Dating Detox is now available in bulk. And that was a huge, huge thing for Kevin and I when we were... Uh, praying about the book and, and kind of researching publishers is we really wanted to be able to offer the book in bulk so so people can use it in a group setting at an affordable rate. And especially knowing our audience too, um, being young adults, um, high school, college kids, singles, um, kind of those years where maybe you don't have just a ton of money to throw around to buy a new book for the book study or whatever. So if you are a life, not life teen, a uh, lighthouse Catholic media parish, so you have that little kiosk in the back of your parish, that is where you can order the books um, in bulk from. And you can get them for like a couple bucks when you order them in bulk. It's super, super cheap. So if you're a youth minister or if you're working in campus ministry, or if you just want to pass it out to every single one of your nieces and nephews, you can get them super cheap in bulk um, through your Lighthouse Catholic Media representative at your parish. So wanted to just highlight that and let you all know about that. And um, thank you to all of you who have um, sent us notes about your dating detox experience. It's very encouraging to see how the Holy Spirit's using that book. Okay. Time for key number three for how to read scripture like a Catholic, and that is to use scripture to interpret scripture. That's right. So as we understand scripture more, as we read the Bible more, you know, there's certain periods of time we go, I just don't know if I understand what's going on here. And the beautiful thing is that obviously there's many authors in scripture, but because we know that God is the author of scripture, that he can't contradict himself. And so when we come to troubling passages or maybe something that we're confused by, we can actually use other parts of scripture to help us and give us clarity for that as well. So uh, one, one example I love is just in the book of Genesis. So in Genesis uh, chapter one, it talks about how man is made in the image and likeness of God. And if you ask people, what does it mean to made in the image and likeness of God? They'll give all sorts of answers. Probably a lot of them will be really good. But there's another passage of scripture, and it's Genesis 5.1, that tells us a little bit more about this image and likeness. It says in Genesis 5.1 that Seth, a son of Adam and Eve, Seth was made in the image and likeness of Adam. And so from image and likeness, we understand that we don't just reflect God, like that's a beautiful image, but the deeper meaning is that actually image and likeness means sonship. So just like Adam was a father to Seth as his son. God is a father to us as children. And so it takes on just such a deeper meaning for us to know that it's not that we just reflect God, but it's like a father-son analogy. And so just, just that idea, when we're looking at scripture, if we want to understand how to interpret it better, we often want to turn to other parts of scripture to help us out. Very good. Yeah, and I've been seeing that all over 
just in Genesis alone, so many times where they're, they're passages like they're pointing back to it and bringing it back to it just like you talked about there in Genesis 1 with Seth and it's really amazing when you start to make those connections it's really it just helps for me it helps the scriptures come alive more to recognize that this isn't just like haphazard but there's a very methodical process to how the scriptures are threaded together and it helps me then to understand in light of another passage it's it's really cool yeah and I think uh, that's where a lot of times when you're beginning to read scripture, it seems so confusing or there's so many things you don't know. <laughs> you make it sound like I'm just beginning to read scripture. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that. But I mean, like, as you not dive me, further. Yeah, but, okay. yeah, not you, a general person. Um, <laughs> you you just have this beginner level of like, I just don't know what's going on. But then as you advance, you're like, oh, that word, like, I, I when they speak of this word in scripture, I know what that means, you know? So if uh, an example would be just understanding that Jesus as a shepherd, you know, like we, we probably understand that. But if you read a lot of the prophets in the Old Testament, they give really deep, uh, amazing meaning to what it means as Jesus as a shepherd. And so when we get to that part in Jesus, it, all the analogy makes sense. Why is this analogy being used by Jesus? And it just creates a, a whole new meaning as well. Do you have a child down there? I have a child <laughs> in our basement. <laughs> they skipped over me. That's awesome. <laughs> they love they love me more. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, I'll move on to key number four while you signal to the child at the stairs. Yep. Um, they should be I in think, bed. It's a school night. Yeah, they were in bed, uh-huh. but I think I used enough hand sig- signage, sign language, <laughs> signaling. Signaling. I got it. I got it done. All right, good work. All right, key number four, key number four. So key number three was use scripture to interpret scripture, and key number four is dot, 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 and the Catholic faith. So how do we use scripture to interpret the Catholic faith? I well, actually, wrong. yep, it's okay. We're going to use <laughs> by doing I was like, so. That doesn't we... make any sense to me, but that's what's typed out. Actually, what's typed out is, and use the Catholic faith. That doesn't make yeah. sense. So we'll, we'll take it from your angle first. So the Catholic faith wait, wait, wait. ultimately— what is key four? Key four is that we use the Catholic faith to interpret scripture. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just had it. Okay. But I want to, I want to take the reverse. This is a good opportunity to realize that as Catholics, our faith comes through the revelation that's given through God's word. And this God, this, this word of God comes through two means. One is through the Bible. That's when we usually think of God's word. It's actually scriptures, um, the Bible that you read, the Bible that we hear in mass. The other part of God's word is, is the living tradition of the church. And this usually comes to us in the early church fathers and the teaching that they gave. And so we understand from scripture itself that St. Paul talks about not only the words I spoke to you um, and orally, but also the ones I'm writing to you as well. And so we get this sense of, all right, there's this written word of God that was passed down and what we know as the scriptures and the canon, but there's also this oral word of God as well, this tradition. So if you think about just uh, what Jesus says that at certain times, Paul will quote Jesus and he'll tell us things that are not recorded in the Gospels. Or, or the Gospel of John tells us that, you know, he couldn't he couldn't begin to write all the things that were said by Jesus. It would take an entire library to do so. And so we just know that there's peace that's outside that. And usually this tradition is captured by our early church fathers who understood this. It was passed through the apostles and then down the line and they comment and use this oral tradition to help form our faith as well. So we just want to understand that the Catholic faith through that revelation, both God's word and writing and that oral tradition, that living tradition, the apostles teaching, uh, that's where we get 
our faith. That's, of course, uh, the magisterium, the teaching authority of the church helps to cipher through both uh, those pieces of revelation to give us our faith. So when we read scripture, I'll say all that to say that when we read scripture, we want to understand that our Catholic faith helps us interpret it as well. Because the church teaches without error and because God is its author and cannot be without error either, that we have to understand that scripture cannot contradict the Catholic faith. And so if we ever have an interpretation that we go, oh, this actually would go against church teaching, that can't be true. Because again, the church doesn't teach with error and God doesn't speak with error. So something, something's got to give. That interpretation just can't be true. And so I kind of want to walk through as we've looked at these four steps is kind of a test model here uh, to give us an understanding of how we'd use these four steps in action. You ready, you ready for this, Lise? Yeah, I think one thing I just want to mention, too, um, in talking about like uh, how the church can't err, keeping in mind that there are some things that are fluid and some things that are black and white. So like, it's not like, well, my pastor said that we can't have um, red roses in our church. Like that's not that's not like the church speaking like that's something that's like, it, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? I just don't want people to come across as like. Is, is if everything is, there are certain things that are like absolute truths and that are black and white, but there's a lot in the church that's kind of fluid. And um, we could do a how-to magisterium, which yeah. would be really exciting to look at Vatican II documents on the teaching authority of the church. But yeah, there we go. You know, really, really quickly. I mean, obviously it's got to be, sorry, obviously it's not the right word there. It needs to be on faith and morals. So there yeah, if, if the Pope teaches about it's going to rain tomorrow and it doesn't, that doesn't mean the church taught an error. He's not teaching on faith and morals. And there's a number of other criteria as well. Uh, you know, the Pope has to do it an official way through ex cathedral from the chair, or it has to be done in an ecumenical council through bishops. Again, really rough overview here. But um, yeah, there's a very specific way of, sh- of using church authority to say we're teaching without error. And it's it's pretty actually particular. Perfect. Good. Just want to make sure that that was pointed out. That was good. Good. But you're you're ready for our little uh, thought example here, right? Yep. We're going to put all four tips into practice. Great. So the, the first, uh, just look at a scripture passage, and it's all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So this is a, a scripture verse from Romans, right? And at first we might think, oh my gosh, all have sinned. So the church teaches that Mary's without sin, so therefore... The Catholic faith is wrong, or the scripture has to be wrong. One of the two has to be. So as we look at this fourth key, we have to understand a lot of Catholic faith. That can't be true. It can't go against church teaching. So we want to use our first tip. Our first key is God wrote the Bible. So we know that right away, this is scripture written by God. He can't err, okay? Then key number two, humans are in this process as well. So we have to understand when humans use the word all, all have sin and false word of God, what did they mean at that time? So we can look at Luke. And in Luke, and again, I'm keeping this all pretty quick, pretty simple. But in Luke, um, when the wise men go after Jesus is born, they go to talk to Herod. And they ask Herod, where is he who has been born of the king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. It says in Luke here, it says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Right. So he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. This word all in the Greek is used both here. I said Luke, I meant Matthew. And also in Romans when it says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But when we think about that passage from Matthew, I'm sure not every single person in Jerusalem was troubled by this news. Right. 
He's using awe in a general sense. And so keeping that in mind, we just understand, all right, it's God's word, so we know it has to be true. It can't contradict the church teaching, which is our fourth step. And we have to understand both how these humans wrote, and then our third step as well, scripture and used to interpret scripture. So we can understand this passage in Romans by looking at Luke as well. So sorry, that was a really quick and fast way of doing that. But just a, a reminder of when reading scripture, these four keys are really important to helping us understand the Bible well. Fantastic. Good work, Kev. I feel like there's so much more we could say too. Scripture is just, what is that quote? I feel like you've used it before on the podcast. Like it's like as shallow, like that, a, that a, some kind of an animal could wait, but so deep that another animal can swim. Something like oh, that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as Pope Leo the Great said, yeah, scripture is shallow enough for a, uh, like a sheep to wade and deep enough, uh, deep enough for a elephant, elephant to swim. Yeah. Good work. We tag team that one pretty well. Um, yeah. So it just has so much depth to it. And that's, uh, that's part of the beauty of uh, a word of God that's living and active in our lives. Great. All right. So what's our how to challenge? You got a challenge for us? I'm sure you do. Yeah. It's kind of multifaceted. It's just trying to take our scripture game to another level. And so I want to give you some options because I think with spirituality and prayer and scripture, it's all very personalized. And so I want you to just try to think through some of these options. Maybe uh, one came to mind as well. But, you know, for you, if you don't read scripture much, just challenge you to read through one uh, of the gospels in its entirety. Just sit down with it, read it over the course of a few days. I think that's a great way. Or you could do some Lexio Divina, reading God's word and trying to ask God, what are you saying? What are you speaking? We could do a whole how-to Lexio. But if you don't know Lexio, try to look that up and just learn how do I pray with one passage? Maybe it's just a passage with Jesus and you pray over it each day for an entire week. Uh, and just keep asking, Lord, what are you trying to tell me through this passage? Um, also, you know, if you maybe start a Bible study or attend one, I think that's a great way to dive into Scripture more. And finally, to memorize Scripture. Uh, again, I'm not saying to do all these things, but maybe just trying to pick out one that makes sense to you at the place you're at in your life. Uh, I think all those could be really great. Very good. All right. So to wrap up here, our four keys are to uh, recognize that key number one, uh, God wrote the Bible. Key two, dot, 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 and so did humans, which is important when we're reading it to understand who these authors are and how they fit together. Our third key is to use scripture to interpret scripture. And key four, dot, 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 and use the Catholic faith to interpret scripture. That's what I was missing the first time around. Yes, so recognizing that we can learn about scripture by looking at other parts of scripture and then also recognizing that we have our Catholic tradition that helps us to interpret and understand scripture as well. So that is our show for today. One final thing since we were talking about the book already that we just want to throw out there for your consideration is uh, if you have read Dating Detox, if you could do us a favor and hop on Amazon, it's super quick. You go to search Dating Detox and you look at the reviews and there's a little box right there you can click to review the book. Even if you just hit the stars for us. Even if you don't want to write out a big, long description of it, don't feel like that pressure needs to be there, but just rating the book for us is just, I don't know why it's so silly, but it's just massively important. Um, it gives credibility to the book. It shows that people are reading it. Um, it helps with getting it up there for people to see when they're on Amazon. And it would just mean a lot to us if you have read the book and it has been something um, that's blessed you. Even if it hasn't, you can go be honest on there, I guess. Um, we, we, uh, we, of course, 
like our current rating, but hey, you know what? It's got to be truth on there. So if you um, have read the book, we would just love um, for you to take a moment to review it on Amazon. That would be such a blessing to us and to others who may be considering doing the detox. So thanks so much, everybody. Um, Kevin, you can come upstairs now. Um, you don't have to stay in the basement all night. And I'm not banished. No, you're not banished. And have a uh, fantastic week, everybody. And be saints. It's worth it. Bye.